You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. This week, Microsoft buys part of Nokia. Samsung has a watch. And in podcasting from exotic locations. Tech fan number 132, I'm Tim Robertson, and he is David Cohen. Sounds like you're in an exotic location. Uh, I am. Where are you sitting right now? I'm I'm sitting on a veranda on a hotel in Mauritius, looking out over the sea, just seeing the sun go down, um, and it went down really quickly. It was what, you know when you see on the movies where you can actually watch it go down, I mean, you can see it moving? Yeah. Here, because we're, we're, we're kind of on the... Uh, Tropic of uh, of cancer here, so you, you're close enough to the so you can really see it moving quick. And That's I saw cool. it go down and do that that green flash thing, you know, when it just disappears below the horizon. Right. That's very cool. Sounds cool. So that's the uh, reasoning behind all the exotic sounds and birds chirping and oh, yeah. people in with I... other languages in the background. Exactly. Yeah. I thought we'd we'd bring a bit of an of a uh, international flavors to the show. This no, week. no, I think it's cool. But I, it's, I it's just actually that in my hotel room the Wi-Fi is really weak. Where up here, whereas up here it's really good. So. Well, that's you know when it comes to podcasting though, sure it's great to have you know perfect sound and all that, but uh, I was the the guy that was taking my my uh, recording gear out to my car in the wintertime for OWC. And then uh, starting my car, and you can hear traffic driving by on Interstate 94 and saying, look, there's no rules. We can record podcasts anywhere. So I think it's cool. And it's amazing with the technology that we can still do a, a, a world, world-spanning world show yeah. while I'm sat out here by the sea. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's very cool. We do have some uh, feedback. We'll get to that in the uh, second half of the show. But first, David, it was kind of a, a fun week in technology. Uh, a lot of the things that we talked about last week seem to be still in the news. People are still talking about the Nintendo 2DS. People are still talking yeah. about Steve Ballmer departing Microsoft. But Samsung kind of made a splash of their own this week in that they came out with a new smartwatch, although it's not really all that smart. And uh, it's called the Gear, the Samsung Galaxy Gear. It, yeah. it was interesting. I I heard somebody comment online this week that when they saw the leaks of it, which came out about a day before, they thought it was a they thought it was a spoof. They thought it was something done by the Onion, and then it came out, mm-hmm. and it was exactly what what they'd seen. You know, uh, I still think they've been punked by Apple. I think Apple has no intention of doing a device like this, and they've suckered everybody into making them. Well, that could be, or. Here's here's my problem with the uh, with this device. Number one, I think it's cool that Samsung came out with something like this uh, before not everybody else, but most people. Yeah. Um, and that they're out there trying to take a chance. Except, I'm looking at it, and it doesn't look too bad, to be honest. Oh. Uh, it looks a little kind of clunky, and it's kind of. It makes big. an adult. It makes an adult's wrist look like it's a child wearing their dad's watch because it's just a little bit too big I don't know I've seen some really high class watches high end watches that you know cost $20,000 and they look like this thing I mean they do they're huge right 
Uh, so I don't have a problem with that so much. Maybe I will if I actually see one in person and, and put it on. And uh, it's really getting beat up when it comes to its functionality, though. That the yeah. the swipe gestures change depending on what app you're in. Uh, you use the same swipe gestures in different apps, and it does different things. Um, from what it looks like, from what I'm reading online, it, it's kind of a hot mess. By the same it's token, true. it's a version yeah. 1.0, and it is it's software, yeah. so they could fix a lot of these problems. I, I I mean, it does kind of have the impression of something that's been thrown together fairly quickly, um, and clearly Samsung was very keen to get to the market with this. But the, I think the problem is who's the and buy it you know, know even if they fix the functionality what i mean what's it really for you, you need to have it twin to your phone to do anything um and, and kind of what what's it there for well i was uh, i was underwhelmed by it uh, obviously i don't have a phone that will work with it but even if i did 300 dollars for this watch yeah. with ugh, i i don't i get it but i don't get it i don't get it for me let me put it that way but I'm also the guy that says, if Apple comes out with something like this, and I'm going to assume, maybe it's unfairly of me to do so, but I don't think so, that if Apple came out with something like this, it would be so much more intuitive, it would work a whole lot better, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That's, I don't, that's I don't want one from Apple. Yeah, I, well, I'm not at this sort of money. I've looked into wrist devices from paired to my phone before. I, I'm one of these people who will quite happily walk down the street and vaguely hear a phone ringing and think, oh, who's that idiot who's not answering the phone? And then it's me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and during during the day when I'm working, I get a lot of work-related email, and uh, I don't like to be that guy who's constantly pulling out his phone and checking to see whether there's any new mail. So having something on my wrist that would notify me that I received a, a call um, uh, the phone was ringing so I could answer it and, and also notify me that, that I'd received mail so I could check it is, is of value to me but it, it has to be something that's fairly unintrusive and it has to be something that's cheap because at the end of the day for those sort of notification functions I'm not going to pay $300 let's say inexpensive not cheap well yeah exactly uh, yeah that, that's kind of that's that's what I meant um, yeah, I don't want to drop that sort of money for for fairly marginal functionality um, and let's face it Bluetooth notification as a as a concept is something that's fairly well established now it should need to be something this expensive uh, and, it, and it certainly needs to work better than this device appears to be doing at the moment well it also has a camera and uh, I, how do you take a camera or how do you take a picture with a camera on your wrist I suppose you, you maybe you point your. Uh, you look you like Spider-Man. Your, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and you could have you could actually do that. You could have the uh, the kind of thing. So you bring your middle finger in and touch your palm to take the picture. <laughs> but uh, I mean, again, now why why a camera? You've got a camera in your pocket, right? Uh, that's going to take a better picture. And again, you're getting into this thing of like, well, people might people do get a bit creeped out if they don't see a camera that looks like a camera being used. Well, the so, thing about Apple products uh, you know, is everyone speculates on what the new Apple thing is going to be, especially if it's a brand new product. Uh, let's take the Mac Pro, for instance. Or actually, well, we could use the Mac Pro, but the iPhone itself would be uh, even an even better example of this. People speculate on what this new Apple thing is going to be. 
and they come up with all these wild theories and everyone gets kind of excited but you know it, it's who knows what it's going to be and then Apple releases this thing and it's 10 times better than what all the speculation was about yeah that happens all the time the Mac Pro is a prime example yes there are some people grumbling there's no internal storage and you can't really upgrade it and blah 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 but look at the new Mac Pro it's amazing looking and if it performs even close to the specs that that Apple is advertising, it's going to be insanely powerful. The iPhone, when it came out, was amazing. It was yeah. a game changer. Yeah, well, but people said at the time, they said, oh, how could you do a phone without a keyboard? Well, they said it was going to be like it an iPod wouldn't... with a phone built in. Exactly. It, it, the, the, the whole point about being truly innovative is you were able to see a vision of doing something that other people can't see. And right. don't get me wrong, they, as you say, you, you wouldn't buy even something like this from Apple. If they do come out with something like this, it may be a colossal failure. They've had colossal failures in the past. Sure. Look at the Apple Hi-Fi, yeah. which, you know, in, incorporated many of the, of the same um, features they normally bring to their products in terms of the they were trying to be doing something different they were very early with the speaker dot concept they wanted it to sound amazing um, but people just didn't buy it it was a dud because it just answered a demand that people didn't have um, for, for a device that expensive they didn't want that sort of quality they wanted something cheap that sits on the nightstand yeah and, um, and my point was that Samsung looked at all the hyperbole surrounding an Apple watch and basically took some of the concepts that they saw that the, the fanboys out there were saying it could have, and that's what they built. Yeah. So, they, so they built a, an entire product. And I don't... Someone rolling a car by. <laughs> the fun of uh, exotic location podcasting. So they built an entire product over speculation. Simply to beat Apple to the market with something. I think it really goes to show who Apple is. They are just the leaders in innovation when it comes to these things. And and Samsung, who's like Microsoft in the 80s and 90s, just has a big Xerox machine trying to copy whatever Apple's doing. And and this this is a this is a copy of something they can't copy because they they don't know what it is yet. So it's right. pretty bad. And it's going to take them too long to come out with their own thing if they wait for Apple. So they're trying to be Apple to the market with fan speculated specs and features. And I don't know if it's going to be successful or not. I, I kind of have my doubts. I'm usually right about these things, although I, I was the one who said that the uh, the, the iPod would, would not be a big seller. Uh, but to my credit, I own that. <laughs> yes. and, and at first it wasn't. It was a, it was a what, $699, $599? A portable MP3 player that only worked on a Macintosh. Yeah. If it yeah, would have it stayed big. that way, it would never have been big. No, it was the definition of a niche product. Yeah. Um, and and let's give some some, you know, let's cut them some slack here. It could well be, as you say, this is version 1.0. Wearable computing um, looks like that. There's a trend towards that until people find out the best way of making it work. Um, I'm sure. Well, they will refine this over time. I'm sure they'll bring the cost down over time. I mean, really, I, I would take the view that somebody like Samsung, if they wanted to kick this off, they have to bundle it with a phone. 
Yeah. So, you know, you go out and buy the latest Galaxy S5 or whatever, and then you get this thrown in, or, or there's an option to buy it thrown in, uh, and then it's very, very deeply integrated with the phone. To me, that makes more sense. But you can't ask people to drop a whole load of coin on an eight on a phone under an 18-month contract, yeah. and then another $300 on, on an add-on device that doesn't work that great. That's I think that's the key right there. It's it's a three hundred dollar add on device to your smartphone and very specific phones at that. And uh, I, yeah, I, it's not going to sell well, is it? I, I I just can't imagine it's going to sell well, David. I don't I don't see it myself. Um, you know, with with tech, we guys who like technology. We like gadgets, um, yep. but I I don't I don't see it on this one. Yeah, I don't either. You keep dropping out occasionally here. Um, but you always come back, so I'm not. If you hear me talking yeah. when you're still talking, it's because you dropped out for a second, just to give okay. you an FYI. Okay. So, so that was the big hardware news of the week. Uh, what's the big? I, what else happened this week, David? Is is there anything that we need to really discuss? Well, Microsoft bought Nokia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, they just went out to the store and said, "What should we do today?" I don't know, let's buy out our big pot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't no, know, this man. Is... This is uh, bizarre to me. Um, I get it, but I don't get it. Kind of what I just said about the, the watch. I, how do you take... Microsoft is increasingly becoming um, less important in, in portable computing, right? Yeah. I mean, they're a, they're a, a distant fourth, maybe third distant though i mean it's not even they're not even in the game no they're they're a four or five percent player they right are, they are the the mac to pc mobile device industry uh, so back, back in the back in the early nearly 2000s when the mac had a five percent market share everyone including myself went five uh, percent you might as well not even bother right so here's microsoft uh let's give them a grade of a d in mobile computing right now. Do you think that's fair? Uh, yeah. Okay. Where, uh, yeah, where's... With, 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 with the caveat that shows promise. Oh, sure. Uh, I having, mean, yeah, HP still shows a, promise. Having, yeah, having having a Lumia phone myself, uh, I'd have to say it is, it is actually quite a nice phone, but, uh, but clearly they've got a long way to go, and, and there's serious problems in their uh, overall offering they need to fix before they become a major player. So where would you put Nokia when it came to... Now, look, they sell a lot of phones, but a lot of the phones they sell, yeah. the vast majority are feature phones or what more appropriately would be called dumb phones. It's just yeah, a phone. A, tra- a traditional phone with a you know nine-digit keypad and a green screen and... Right. You know, the phones we all used to buy before the smartphone, before the iPhone came along. Right, and they, they, the margins on those are very slim. Yeah, you have to sell a lot of them. They sell, particularly with the fact that the value in those has been depressed even further now by the existence of the smartphone. You can't sell a high-end dumb phone no. anymore. You know, the, the, the Motorola Razr was a high-end dumb phone, and you could charge a premium for it. You can't do that anymore. Correct. Because anybody who's going to pay big money for a phone is going to buy a smartphone. So I would give them a C, at the most. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. The only thing I'll say is, they have a lot of experience. I think their hardware is is very very well manufactured. I've I've never had 
a Nokia phone break on me. I can't, I can't remember ever having a Nokia phone, you know, basically die and stop working. I've had a couple, um, and I, I liked them at the time. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think even now, you know, even their cheap phones feel well-built. So do you think that a D player could buy a C player and become an A player? I don't think the math works there, does it? Well, here's the thing. I mean, you've, I think you've got to look at this all in the round. This is obviously, these, you don't put a deal like this together overnight. This has been on the cards for a few months. Yeah. I suspect um, that what happened is, is the, the, the Nokia-Microsoft partnership it was due to expire next year. I think that Nokia turned around and said, well, look, you know, uh, that now, now Microsoft had to invest in Nokia to make that partnership work. Nokia, Nokia needed the money. Sure. Uh, and, and, I, and I think as a, if you look at it exclusively, forget about the rest of the market, I think if you look at the relationship between the two companies, I think it's actually worked very well. Um, I think that Nokia has avoided loading up the Microsoft phones with, you know, the sort of rubbish we've talked about on Android, where they changed the look of it, they changed the function of it, they changed the software of it. There are a couple of Nokia apps on there, but, you know, they integrate well with the phone and they don't get in the way of the overall experience. Um, I think they've, they've produced lots of phones on a regular basis. I think they've marketed them well. I think they've uh, tried to address some of the issues Microsoft wants out of the phone market in terms of pushing the Microsoft experience front and center. So I think if you look at that partnership in general, I think it's been fairly successful for both companies. Big, each of them has gotten more out of it than, than they would have done if they'd gone their own way. So I suspect what happened is Nokia turned around to Microsoft and said, and maybe this was the plan always from the beginning, which, which was, you know, look, do a partnership and if after a couple of years it's working, then you buy us out. Um, but I think Nokia turned around and said, look, the partnership is due to end next year. What are we going to do? Um, we'd be very happy for you to take this off our hands, and we think it'd be good for you to do that. Throw in the fact that the board was looking to get rid of Steve Ballmer, um, and you're bringing a whole load of new blood, new thinking into the company by integrating another company in with it. And I think Microsoft thought, you know, this probably makes some sense. I'm sure HP thought the same thing when they bought Palm. Well, the, I, I, yeah, I think I think the the point about these these buyouts is that it's not just the actual buying; it's what you do with it afterwards. It's really now down to Microsoft to capitalise on what they've invested, and I think they, you know, the the fact that that Bournemouth's going at this point is probably going to help them do that because you bring a new CEO in with a new strategy, and he's got some new toys to execute with, and uh, you can see what he can do with it. I suspect what Microsoft wants to do now, um, and this is this is what I would do if I were offered the job tomorrow. Um, if you look at Microsoft's businesses, they've got enterprise the enterprise server businesses and s software. They've got um, the which office is business, which is legacy, but it's huge and and it continues to develop. and And they are certainly a dominant player in that. They are not an also ran, and the the. The business industry looks at what Microsoft's next server products are going to be to look to take the industry forward. So I, I, you can't, I, I don't know what the numbers are on that, but it's pretty large. But and, there's also um, a lot of competition there. HP number yeah, one is starting to get into that as well. And SAP yeah, is still the dominant factor. They are, they are but I, I tell you, in terms of, in terms of businesses um, all the way down from the tiniest businesses all the way up to very, very big players, there's a lot of Microsoft products out there and there, and there will be for a very, very long time. So I think that's an important leg for them. 
Um, then they've got the office business, which is, is probably bigger now than the Windows business. They've got the Windows PC business, and then they've got Xbox. Uh, and then they've got the smaller stuff like Bing, um, which doesn't really make them any money, and they've, they've got their mobile phone business, Surface, and, and those sorts of things. Now, I think what they want to do is they, they see the writing on the wall for the PC business, for the Windows business, and potentially for the Office business, that those things will not continue to grow as they have, have done before. And I think this is the start of a play for them to turn themselves into an Apple. I think what they want to do That's is That's kind say, of where I was going to go with this conversation. Yeah. It's funny you got there first, because yeah. I think Microsoft buying Nokia, it's the last major player, yeah. with the exception of Samsung, that you have to control your software and your hardware. Yeah. Now, you could say, well, yeah, what about Google, though? I mean, they're making the operating system for all these phones. Yes, but they also own their own hardware. So if things kind of turn... They could develop their own version of Android that they don't market and don't give away to anybody else, I should say. Yeah. Or license. And create their own platform that way. Um, yeah, but they, I think they would... I mean, they, they bought Motorola, but they're not really capitalizing on that relationship at the moment. I think they would have to buy... That's a slow a burn, player. I think. I yeah. think that that's, that's a long-term play for... That's, it wasn't something that they were going to do immediate. And I think a lot of people like us that speculate in this industry thought they were going to do something immediately. Yeah. They're smarter than that. It's a slow burn. Yeah, and and they've got they've got a very big search advertising business that's underpinning them. They don't need to, to risk the company on, that's right. on their mobile strategy. And, I, and no, that's but exactly I, I think, what Microsoft, they're in the same position. Yeah, uh, but but I think, I think this is a long-term play. I think, to give Steve Ballmer some credit, I think he has finally seen the writing on the wall. That Microsoft's traditional business is changing, and if they're not careful, they're going to get really left behind. You know, and they, I think what this is, this is just saying, here's an opportunity with a hardware manufacturer, um, a software operating system to build that end-to-end -end ecosystem that we control, so that if the future of computing ends up being mobile devices, we have an end-to-end -end play. And if they're smart, and whoever comes in to take over from Steve Ballmer, hopefully will, will be smart enough to do this, what they need to do is they need to, rather than, at the moment, they insulate all their businesses from each other. You know, Office, oh, well, it's Office is on Windows, so we won't ever have it on the iPad. Right. Or if we do have it on the iPad, it's kind of all, it's a sub-offering. Sub if they're smart, what they do is they leverage, eat, I, I hate that word, I can't believe I use it, but they, they capitalize on their other brands into mobile. So you see, you do see a, an ex, a mobile Xbox. You do see every single top-flight Xbox game in available in a Windows mobile version for their, for their new devices. You do see a whole load of new tablets and a whole load of new phones that, that run Office. Um, and then you do see Office appearing on other things as well because, you know, the growth of the mobile space is going to help Microsoft if they've got a decent play there. The thing about uh, them acquiring Nokia, and this is going to be key for Microsoft, it's not just the brand name, although there is a lot of value there. It's the people that worked for Nokia. They were very proud. They were very. It, there was a culture surrounding that company, and uh, yeah. it translated directly into the quality of their products. They had fantastic. I keep saying had. They have fantastic engineers that work at Nokia. Really, really, they do. And if Microsoft is smart, 
And the leadership recognizes this, that that's a huge asset that they have to take advantage of. Um, I would start almost immediately outsourcing all my R&D for engineering and hardware, i.e. the Surface. Uh, it's too late for the Xbox because that's a, it's there okay. and it's, it's going to be out for, what, Christmas? And uh, yeah. that product will stay on the market for at least five years. Um, but all the computing devices that Microsoft is starting to make will be done through Nokia. Yeah. That's what I would do. Make yeah. the next Surface. Make the next whatever it's going to be. But you guys make it because you guys are awesome and we love you. And we're not going to change your culture. You're just going to have a larger audience to sell to now. Mm. Yeah. That's what I would do. But it's interesting because they, they haven't got the Nokia name. No. So um, any new devices will be called Microsoft devices. They won't have Nokia on them. Yeah, but it's not so, the. But they, it's they've not got the, the Lumia name, name but they have. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, but it, I think I think what they need to do is they need to capitalize on what little brand awareness Lumia has. Um, yeah, but I'm. So, you know what I'm talking about though is forget. Branding is branding. You got to take advantage of the core assets of what they're buying, and that is the engineers. Yeah. That is the yeah, team but, that's come up with these wonderful devices that unfortunately run crappy software compared to iOS. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, again, I would say that software is not crappy. It, it's not... I, it's the, not competitive. Are, uh, well, it's not competitive, but I don't think it's not competitive because the software is poor. I think it's not competitive for other reasons. I don't think it's marketing properly... Um, I don't think there are not, there's enough volume of devices out there to compete with the flood of, of Androids. Um, I don't think the software ecosystem is strong enough to help people sell the hardware and the and the software that runs on the phones. Um, I'll give I, you that. Yeah, I think I think I think it's more to do with things like that. I tell you, you pick up a Lumia phone and you play with it and you use it as a phone and you come away thinking this is a good phone. And it's actually a better experience than an Android phone of the same price, in my opinion. Um, it's certainly, you know, we, we, you, you, you reviewed a cheap Android phone and it was horrible. Yeah, I have a cheap Lumia phone and it's not horrible. It's very, very good. Yeah. You know, so uh, again, so it goes back you. to what I said. It's, the, it's their engineers. It's their build quality. Yeah. And if they keep yeah. that team together and they keep them happy, and it doesn't become a, a brain drain there. Microsoft, I think could this could be a really big play, but I, I still kind of go back to a D player buys a C player, and they think they're going to become an A player. That's well, where. Also was, yeah. Yeah. Also, as well, there um, the new CEO CEO needs to really change the culture inside Microsoft to stop the the walls that are built up around each unit to really get them working together rather than saying, well, I'm going to protect my little bit of turf. Yeah. Uh, because if they carry on like that, they are dead. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. We've talked about that in the past. Um, and and it's just as true now, maybe even more so, that Steve Ballmer is exiting the company, that you really do have a chance here to remake Microsoft. Now, a lot of people would say, yeah, but they're an established company. It's, it's really difficult, if not impossible, to re Hey, Apple did it. Yeah, Apple absolutely. was a hot, hot bowl of ick. When Steve Jobs came back, there was a lot of problems with Apple. There was a lot of uh, competing products within the same organization, the same company, right. but they I didn't think, know what I each think, other yeah. were doing. 
and I, Steve I'm Jobs so- got them all on the same page. That takes a yeah. strong leader and a very strong leadership team that believes in one vision. And that's what I think Microsoft has been lacking for a very long time, David. And I yeah. think that the new leader, whoever this person is, has to come in, and that's the first thing that they have to work on. The very yeah. first thing. Because nothing else matters if you don't if you don't clean up clean up the uh, that big bowl of uh, ick because it, it, nothing else matters you're not going to execute anything if you can't fix those problems definitely so so we'll wait for the call i, I my either, my phone number's out there microsoft knows how to reach me <laughs> so speaking of um, well we should take a break here in a second but uh yeah let's let's take our break and we'll come back with feedback and uh, speculation about what's coming up this next week. Be right back. Hello, people. My name's Peter Bird, and I'm the host of the Deep Look podcast. The idea behind the show is that we talk to our guests and we learn more about them, the subjects, the people, the things that shape their lives or the things they're interested in or the things they would possibly want to know more about. Basically, we just like to look a little deeper and see what's there and to learn. If that appeals to you, or you like that idea, or if even if you have a guest that you think we should try and speak to, then come on by and give us a go. We are part of the Stoplight Network. Siri, I'm looking for a new Apple podcast to listen to. Any recommendations? I found one new podcast for you, but it looks like they only record themselves drinking and chatting about the latest Apple news and rumor. Well, that sounds great. What's it called? It's called the MacGist Podcast. But Nick, why would anyone listen to that? Well, Siri, alcohol is the anesthesia by which we endure the operation of life. I found these five rehab clinics near you. Would you like directions? Ugh, Siri, enough with the rehab. Just download the latest MacGist Podcast now. I'm sorry, Nick. I cannot do that at this time. Go home, Siri. You're drunk. That's not nice. Eh, what does she know anyways? Check us out over at themacgistpodcast.com. Back with Tech Fan number 132, Tim Robertson, David Cohen. If you guys want to get a hold of us, real easy to do. Simply go to techfanpodcast.com. You can leave a message there uh, underneath the article or underneath the post for uh, this episode or any episode. Or you can send an email. It's uh, tim at techfanpodcast.com or... David at techfanpodcast.com. We've got two that uh, we thought would be good to read, and uh, we didn't get to them last week. Uh, Although, to be fair, the one from Michael Breed, which uh, we'll get to as well, came in the same day that we recorded the last one, so that would have been quite a feat. Um, But the first one, though, is from a gentleman named Guy. This is not Guy Searle from the MyMac Podcast. This is another guy. And uh, we do know he's from the UK, simply because of his email address. And he wanted to talk about uh, episode 126, where I was giving my first look at the uh, the Android phone you were speaking about earlier. Yeah, it was a Samsung Galaxy Ring. Yes. Which I still uh, have, by the way. Yeah. I need to be sending it back, though. (laughs) Yeah. So Guy said, I've listened to the podcast since maybe episode 35. I started because I wanted to hear Darren Griffin of Pocket GPS World and have stuck with it since then. I was finally moved to write by Tim's appalling first day review of the Samsung Galaxy Ring. It feels so cheap. That's a quote. It's $170. It is cheap. How much is an iPhone? 
So, paraphrasing, listen to that, it sounds cheap. Now listen when I tap the iPhone, oh, it sounds the same, was a classic line. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And if you if you want a decent, ex- decent Android experience, try a Nexus. None of the virgin bloatware. When I flash a new ROM, I am on Android 4.3 on a Galaxy Nexus. There are no reboots, it just works. I enter a Gmail ID and a password once, and I can use the Play Store, the Gmail app, Hangouts, without ever, ever having to enter the Gmail ID again. Those carry overlays are what you should be ranting about, not Android per se. Fragmentation, blah, blah, perhaps, but Android is a good OS if you get the right package, pure Android preferably. And your throwaway line about the HCC One. Why compare it with the Ring when it is cheap and the HCC One is not? I have no idea what the Ring is like, as I guess it's not a UK product. Get one of the Nexus Edition flagships like the HCC One or Galaxy S4, or preferably the cheap Nexus 4, though I prefer the AMOLED screens of Samsung phones, and you will see what Android is, is really like. Kind regards, Guy. Okay, I'm going to back up a little bit. Um, yeah. So, $170 is cheap. No, that's not cheap. No. Now, we understand that that's without a contract. But if you're uh, a buyer, and you're walking into... Uh, who I don't care what cell phone company. And okay, here's the HTC One. It's uh, one ninety nine, and it you know it's two year contract. Oh okay, well what what about this phone here, that looks cheaper, that is cheaper. Well that's one hundred seventy dollars with no contract. Oh, but you still have to. It's a prepay phone, which means you still have to spend money yeah. to be able to make phone calls with it. So it's mm-hmm. it's just not subsidized, but. The average buyer, which is 90% of the people who are out there buying phones, it's not Guy, it's not you, it's not me. The average buyer sees 170 versus 199. There, there's yeah. no difference there. No. no. So it does compete directly with the more ex- expensive, if it wasn't subsidized, Android phones. And and again, you know, to go back to to um, what I was saying last week, this uh, this Lumia I bought is ninety nine dollars. Yeah. Contract free. And let me tell you, it doesn't feel cheap either. It's really well built. That's got a the plastic thing. Back on it. Yeah, it's got a plastic back on it, but you know they've they've done the plastic in a way it still feels like a. It doesn't feel like cheap hard plastic. It's got kind of a that kind of soft rubberized finish to it. So uh, it and and. They've clipped it on in such a way it doesn't flex, it doesn't creak. The phone feels like one solid unit. I just, and yet it's only a hundred only a hundred dollars yeah. on a prepaid contract freeze. So you know, you can do cheap without making it feel cheap. I just pulled the and back then, off of the ring to check yeah. the battery and stuff. The it's it's so cheap, David. And I mean yeah. I don't mean inexpensive, I mean cheap. Yeah. The build quality is just not good. And if you're going to have phones like this, at $170, you have to realize that the average person, fairly or unfairly, is going to compare it to the other phone sitting right next to it. That's only $20 more, even if it is subsidized. Because at the end of the day, that's how much I'm pulling out of my pocket right now to buy it. Yeah. This does not compare favorably. Now, let's go to the pure... Android experience. I understand what that means. You understand what that means. 
the average person doesn't understand what that means. They also, no. when you tell them, well, if you flash uh, a new ROM on it, they don't understand what that means. Nobody's going to do that. People that buy that. a phone like this, is it's going to stay, functionality-wise, exactly the same the entire time they bought it, except they'll, yeah. they'll buy a few apps. And so, uh, let me tell you, somebody flashed a ROM on an Android device a few weeks ago, and my device was unlocked. It wasn't linked to a carrier. There was no blocks in my way stopping me doing that. It was just a case of figuring out to do that. It took me two days to figure out. Two days of intensive research online. You've got to try and find the right tools, um, the, the right USB commands, the right cable, the right ROM. And finding the right ROM is incredibly hard because the, the way people talk about the ROMs for the devices, they talk about the internal chipsets, they talk about firmware versions, they talk about um, internal code names for these devices. These aren't the sort of things that your average consumer is going to figure out. They're not going to say, oh, well, I've got a Galaxy S4. I, I happen to know that, that that's known internally to um, Samsung as the i9300+. Plus. Mm -hmm. So I need to find a ROM for the Samsung i9300+. Plus. Oh, oh, look, um, it, this one's 4.2.1. What have I got here? Have I got 4.1.3 or I got 4.1.4? Oh, apparently 4.2.1, you can flash that on there, but then the GPS doesn't work, so you need to apply a uh, patch, um, and you have to put the patch into um, the uh, boot bootloader before you load the ROM. It's a hot it mess. Work. It's, it's, look, it, for, for people who who enjoy fiddling with tech with technology for people who like playing around the command line it's fun yo it is yeah uh, and android is the only way to go when it comes to that <laughs> absolutely if you are if you really like tinkering with stuff then definitely android is the phone for you but that is a, a minuscule minority of the the people who buy smartphones that's right and, and you know and and so People need to go and and if you go into a if you I had this when I was in San Francisco the other week I heard the Galaxy Nexus Four which is the one the pure phone that that guy's talking about here I heard it was on sale because the Nexus Five is coming and that Google had dropped the price of the base phone to one hundred ninety nine dollars this was before I'd found the Nokia and I thought to myself hey I probably won't be able to get even a clone phone in Japan for that sort of money that's as good as a Galaxy Nexus Four could I find where anywhere to buy it no. You couldn't buy it anywhere. And, and the problem is you go into a phone store and you would ask, and people would start trying to, the sales guys would try and start trying to peddle you stuff they had. Yeah, and, and they, well, oh, we'll you talk know, about they, that in a second. Though. Yeah, this well, is, this is just as good as feedback. Yeah. But how can you find a product that's better than the products in the store if you don't know that there are products available from elsewhere that aren't in the store? That's right, and most people don't you know. know no. Look, they, here's the thing. It's Android. That's all they know. They go into a, a store, and they're not even looking at Android. It's it's they're looking at Samsung. Samsung, yeah. I don't think it's an, even Android. I nope. think most people go, I want a Samsung. I don't want an iPhone. I want a Samsung. Right, because Samsung's advertising the crap out of it. And what's yeah. what's Amazon doing? Nothing. Nothing. They're not advertising yeah. the pure Google experience. And yeah. should they be? Probably, because I do agree with Guy here. A pure Android, no crapware put on the phone is a decent experience, especially on something like an HTC One. That's a nice phone. It's a nice physical phone. And if you put on a pure, non-crapware Android, it's still a good phone. But that's the thing. Yeah. 
they don't sell them like that hardly anywhere. And they don't advertise the fact that you can get them like that. Because the carriers out there want all this crapware on there because they get more money. That's the problem. So that's the segment, uh, the the fragmentation. If you want to talk about any fragmentation in Android, there's your fragmentation right there. You can get a pure Google experience, but you better be savvy enough to know where to go and how to get it, yep. and what the difference is. Or you get one that's full of bloatware and crapware, and it doesn't work very well, and it's a cheap, crappy phone. And then you look at the Apple experience. No bloatware, no crapware, an iPhone is an iPhone is an iPhone. Well, what's the difference between this phone and that phone? Well, this one is black and that one's white. Maybe that'll change next week. I don't know. But But this this one's this this color. Yeah, this one has more memory than the other one. Yeah, you could put Uh, more things on this. Yep, no different. When we're selling iPads in the store, and people say, well, should I get the 16 or the 32? My first question is, what do you do with it? Are you yeah. gonna if you, are you gonna put a lot of pictures and movies and and music on here? Then you want the thirty two, maybe even the sixty four. You're gonna download a lot of games. No, all you're gonna do is browse the internet and check your email. Get the sixteen. You'll you'll save a hundred dollars. You won't know the difference. And if eventually you start filling it up, it's probably going to be a year or two down the road. There's gonna be a newer, faster one. Then you get the higher capacity for the new one. I mean. <laughs> There's no fragmentation there. Apple is not loading yeah. these things up with just junk. And and I think and uh Google has done a disservice with Android in the market because there's huge fragmentation and not only the versions on all these different phones, but all the crap that's on 99% of them. Yeah. That's the problem. And that's yeah. why I think what I said in the first segment, David, companies that own the hardware and the software are going to be long-term, and Apple's already proven this, in a much better position. Definitely. Because you control the experience. If you don't control the experience... And, and did, well, that, I, I would argue, actually, I, I, mean, I have an Android phone that runs pure Android, doesn't have crapware, doesn't have anything on it. It is a pure ROM. I, I still would say that for somebody who's completely non-technical, you'd still be much better off with a, an iPhone or a Windows phone over an Android phone. Just because Android, yeah, it, even when it's clean, it's a little bit complicated. It's a little bit unintuitive. Going in the settings settings uh, menu on the phone is about three or four times deep. There's a lot of technical stuff on there that people don't need to see. Um, it, it's just a little bit more complex to operate than um, than a phone that has an end-to-end user experience. Yeah. But you know that doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean it's wrong. You know, and there is there is a reason that that these Android phones are so popular with many people. Um, and uh, and and it's because yeah, they are good phones. They are they do do the job for a lot of people. But you you are getting um, a mass market product that's been optimized for the requirements of the manufacturers who supply it to you rather than necessarily putting the user at the front center of the experience. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And that's and I'm not saying that Apple's perfect here. There's a lot of things that Apple does badly in the mobile de- uh, one of the big things are are is their online services. They they're yeah. they're not good at that. They're just not. Yeah. I hope that changes eventually, but 
it's going to take a different mindset that I think Apple has. Um, if I take a picture with my current iPhone and I want to put it up onto whatever service, there's a process involved there. And we still get people coming into the store not understanding if their phone's backed up and are they going to lose all their information. Yeah. Apple's done a very poor job of explaining, you know, iCloud. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. And, and their tagline, it just works, is fine when it does, but sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, but it doesn't, right. Yeah. So and, and I'm, I'm not making excuses they, for Apple yeah. here. I'm saying that for what Android is, it's a hot mess. And I think yeah. that this uh, this Ring phone is a prime example of that. Yeah, it's it's okay. a hot mess, and I am afraid that it is indicative of the rest of the cell phone market when it comes to Android. That this is becoming the accepted norm, not the pure Google experience, which I would prefer. Not the high build quality of the HTC One. This is becoming the norm. In the Android market, it's starting to become a race to the bottom again. Just like it was when Apple entered with the iPhone and changed the entire market. Yeah. That's and, and, that's and my it, fear. And it does actually reflect the way PCs went. Yeah. You know, and look at look at now at the state of the PC industry. For after years and years and years of it. Exactly this sort of stuff. The race to the bottom, you know, cutting costs to the bone, cutting margins to the bone, and compensating for that by destroying the user experience by loading the software up with a whole load of rubbish. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, there's precedence for this. And uh, there's precedence even in the cell phone market for this. So it's, it's disheartening to see this still going on and looking like it's on a comeback for this kind of crap. It really is. Yep. Let's get to the next yep. one. This is from uh, Mike Breed. Mike writes for uh, MyMac.com, and he also does uh, episodes of the At Minute podcast. Uh, go ahead and read it, David. I'm stepping away from the mic for a okay. second while you read this. Okay, sure. Uh, Mike goes, Hey, Tim and David. It seems like the technology press have been having a field day slamming Apple and the iOS platform in recent months. I've listened to a huge number of tech-related podcasts about the subjects, and they always get frustrated listening. Pundits like to pontificate about how Android phones have this amazing new option or some other inane, pointless feature, or that the open system is so appealing to the masses. The talk is about Apple's stagnation and slow development cycles and how closed their platform is, blah, blah, blah. And I keep thinking to myself, are these guys actually buying this crap because I'm not? I happen to know a salesperson from a major US carrier's mobile store in my home. I won't say the name, but it has three letters in it. Here's the truth of the matter. The salespeople at the carrier stores are driving sales towards the Android platform because they're seeing kitbacks commissions from the handset makers for selling those devices, while Apple offers none. Well, it doesn't take a Steve Jobs figure to figure out what the salespeople are making and what swage are going to do. A ton of Android phones get sold merely because of this fact, yet nobody's calling the handset makers to the carpet on this. Take away the kickbacks to salespeople and let's see how the numbers compare. I bet the iPhone wins by a landslide. Just my two cents on a matter that's been driving me nuts lately, Mike Breed. Um, hmm. I know for a fact when Microsoft first came out with Windows Mobile 7 or whatever it was, uh, they were doing exactly that. They were giving kickbacks 50 bucks per phone. Maybe it was 25 bucks. 25 bucks per phone 
to the salesman for every single unit sold. Right. Didn't really help them a lot, did it? No. Um, because that's that you can't keep that up long term. I also I think you know. No, we lost him. Maybe basically you live oh, and die as a salesman by your month month figures. Lost him again. Still there, David? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. Drops out for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. All we heard was you, as a salesman, you live and die by your sales figures. Month by yeah, by your month month figures. So, um, really, what you need to do is, is in some ways, the kickbacks aren't as important as, as achieving volume. And so, sales are going to salesmen are going to sell the stuff they can turn out the quickest. Yep. Now, if you're if you if you're trying to sell somebody a phone, and you've got fifty different Android phones in front of you, and then you've got ten Windows phones, and you've got two different iPhones, right? If the if the if the person comes in and says, "Oh, I'm thinking about buying an iPhone," okay, so they you you don't need to sell to that hard because they've already decided what they want. If they haven't decided what they want, you're gonna you're gonna get a much quicker sale if you, if you could narrow down their criteria for, for what's going to make them buy among those 50 devices that you've got in front of you rather than trying to convince them because you know, it's, it's human nature if you've got 50 of one thing in front of you and then 5 of something else in front of you and you try and push the person on the 5 they're going to go well, what about all these 50 over here they, 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 must, they must be good if they're selling so many of them yeah. so it's, it's, that, that's, that's the reason why a salesman has to get a certain number of sales a day to make his monthly figures and the monthly figures is what drives his bonus but more importantly it's what drives whether he keeps his job or not because it's normally in sales every six months the guys who, who, aren't, who aren't selling the most volume yeah they cut one or two of them because they say well you're not hacking it you're not as good as the rest of the guys so everybody's desperate to make quick sales and many sales as possible and I just think if you've got 50 Android phones on a wall then it's very it's, it's much easier to do that to try and convince somebody about something else. If somebody comes in and says, oh, I'm, I want to look at the Windows phones, yeah, then they're going to look at them. They're going to look at those, and then they're going to say, oh, I'm going to get $25 if I sell one of those. But but actually, it's, they're probably going to say, well, I can, I can sign more people up more quickly if I just say, oh, somebody comes and says, I want a phone, they say, all right, we've got 50 over here, which one do you like? Here's a good experiment, and we'll see if we can get anybody to do this. And I just did this recently, so... Uh, I'd be curious to see what. How can I put this? I don't know how many of you guys out there listening would be willing to do this, but I think it would be very interesting. And uh, go into a, a cell phone carrier. Don't go into Best Buy because it's they they cover all the carriers and and uh, it's a different shopping experience there. But go to go into a Verizon store, go into an AT and T store. Don't let them know that you already have an iPhone or an Android, whichever device that you have. Just tell them, I'm thinking about switching. If you go into an AT&T store, tell them, I'm thinking about switching to AT&T. My contract with the Verizon's up. Do the same thing with Sprint or whoever. And say, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm looking at getting a new phone. And if they say, well, what kind of phone do you have? Be honest. Tell them what kind of phone you have. But let's see what they try to sell you. See if they push you into one direction or another. Are they are they trying to push you into a Samsung, a Lumia, an iPhone? What are they trying to sell you? Or are they trying to sell you? I bet the first thing they say is, uh, 
what do you like android or or iphone or yeah. no actually you know what i think the first thing they're going to say is uh how much do you want to spend yeah what's your budget but here's the thing doesn't matter what you budget for there's an iphone and an android for every budget there's a free iphone there's a hundred dollar iphone there's a two hundred dollar iphone there's a three hundred dollar iphone same thing with the androids same thing with the lumias same thing with nobody's winning on price point here they're just not no so if you guys want to have some fun let's do this and over the next month or so let's kind of send in your feedback be it audio or text and uh, let's say what let's see what they're saying. It is salesmen out there pushing you in one direction or another? Now, from my perspective, going into a local AT and T store and just starting to look around, I was I had like twenty minutes to kill. They didn't push me towards anything. Yeah. Every time I moved and stepped in front of another phone, they explained the benefits of that phone, but they never, you know. They were never derogatory about any of the other products. Yeah, I have to say, actually, I was, I had, while I was in San Francisco, I went into the local AT&T store because the, um, I'd already bought a SIM for my Android phone before I went out to San Francisco so that I could use data and email and stuff while I was in, while I was in the States. If I didn't use my works provided iPhone, which obviously is locked to a network, then it would have, I, I get bills when I travel like this of, hundreds and hundreds of pounds so yeah. i always try and buy a local sim so i bought it before i went it was a go phone sim um, and obviously then when i bought this lumia i thought well i i, I want to use the lumia now um, and it's a go phone so i could just use the sim in there but the thing is the sim size is different the lumia uses a micro sim and i had a full-size sim so i went into the at&t store um thinking well what i really want to do is rather than change the number because i'd already started taking calls and stuff on it and i also i put credit onto this sim I didn't want to lose the credit, you know, I paid about $65. So I wanted to change it, but effectively keep, you know, get a new microSIM, but have it use the same number, same account and everything. Sure. I was anticipating this was going to be a problem. My experience in the UK is if you try and do something like this, they really don't want to do this for you. I was blown away by how good the customer service was. Yeah, I know a lot of people complain about AT&T, and I've complained about them in the past myself, but the people on the ground in the AT&T stores, from what I've seen, and I've been into about, I'm going to say six of them over the last year, has always been a positive experience. It was, it was, I I was, because I, yeah, I was expecting it to be a battle, and I was expecting to eventually have to say, okay, forget it, I'll write off the money I've put on this one, and I'll just load up some more credit and be done. And, and it, it could not have been easier. I walked into the store. The store was split into two halves, like kind of a... Did they open the door for you? Uh, they didn't, know. It was it was fairly busy, to be honest. Okay. Um, and most of the salespeople were, were busy. With I get customers. that half the time. If it's not busy, yeah. someone's yeah. opening the door for me when I walk in yeah. and when I leave. And, and I kind of stood around for a couple of minutes, and, and it, was, it was people kind of milling about. It wasn't clear how you were going to get engaged with a salesperson. Yeah, that's the one but, issue but then, that all carriers yeah. have. But, but then somebody came out from the back, and she saw me there, and she, she came out, she said, what can I help you with? And I told her what I wanted to do. And she said, she said, oh, you're in the wrong part of the store. We have a, a go phone section around the other side. Let me take you around there. She took me around there, and then they, they have a system where you take, effectively you're taking the number. Sure. So she took my details, uh, and there was a screen that actually said, you know, it was going to call my name when I was going to come up. So I knew when I was going to get served. I'm sat there, she says, 
do you, do you want to look at the phones? Can I have, answer any questions? Or is it just this today? So I said, no, it's just this. Um, she said, fine, no problem. Have a seat, and then somebody will, will address you in a minute. So when I went to see the girl, I told her what I wanted to do. She said, yeah, that's fine. That's no problem at all. And I, I said, okay. I said, I said, what's the charge for that service to change? It? She said, oh, there's no charge. That's Which, amazing. again, I was, I was impressed with. And she broke out a new SIM. She did, you know, a couple of minutes' work on the computer. And she said, there you go. Here you go. This is now your SIM. She said, do you want... And I had, I had the old SIM with me. Oh, that was, was one slight problem. Because I had the old SIM, but I didn't have the number. It was attached to the SIM. So I, I said, no, I don't have the number. I just have the SIM here. And she gets me, she says, oh, okay, I'll, let me just check. Oh, no, I, I know a way I can look up the number. And she looked it up, and then it was fine. And she says, would you like me to dispose of the old SIM for you? So I said, yeah, that'd be great. And then she gave me the new one, and I was away. Put it in my phone, everything worked. Amazing. And it was, it was the most pleasant customer experience I could have. That's pretty, that's, uh, and I'd like to hear what other people, what their experience is at AT&T, Verizon, Sprint, whatever cell phone company, Orange, if you're over there. I, wherever let us know go into a cell phone store not a multi-purpose store like best buy but you know a, a, a carrier store and yeah. see what they push you to see what the experience is and let us know i think this is something that other listeners would be would find fascinating i want to know um and i tell you what if we get more than 10 people participating in this david I will randomly pick up those 10 people and, and give them a $25 iTunes gift certificate. Cool. But make it good. Don't give us one paragraph. Let us know exactly how it went. You know, how, how were you treated in the store? Uh, was the store clean? Was it busy? Was it not busy? Uh, were they opening the doors for you? Like I've experienced at uh, yeah. an AT&T store a few times. Um, did they did, act like they, they want to help you? Yeah, did they take the trouble to find out what you really wanted, or did they just try and sell you what they wanted to sell you? Right, right. Let us know. Uh, Tim at techfanpodcast.com or David at techfanpodcast.com. If you want to leave audio feedback on that, go up to our website. On the right-hand side, this little microphone thing pops out. You can actually record audio right there on our website and send it in that way, and we'll play it here on the show. You could also record it on a voice memo on your iphone or an android device and send it in that way as well just email it to us and and we'll uh, play it right here on the show i think it i i really do want to know what people's experiences are uh and i think it will help other people out there and uh, if this shows to be popular we'll continue to do so uh, last thing i want to talk about david before we wrap up the show uh, as we record yep. it's actually saturday we usually do it on a friday but uh you texted me Thursday night, said, let's do it tomorrow instead. And I said, uh, tomorrow's Friday. And you said, actually, for me, tomorrow's Saturday. Yeah. I, was, I was really confused. <laughs> um, I'm taking my uh, 2009, mid-2009, 27-inch iMac into work. I'm going to have the guys in the service department pull the uh, DVD drive out of it put an OWC bracket in there and an SSD and then uh, put a nice clean operating system on there. I'm getting more spinning beach balls with this thing now than I ever got before. And I know it's hard drive related. Yeah. And uh, so that's going to be my big experiment, my big fun next week 
is how much faster i'm putting a 250 gig ssd in it um because i can get it for less than 200 dollars, to be honest yeah so i'm gonna see you know what that experience is like how how much better is my imac running an ssd i've already got a, a pretty clear idea obviously but uh, i'll talk about that on next week's show now there's some things look if if i got a close to a one terabyte ssd i'd put my photo library on there because that would make the biggest difference but unfortunately um a 250 gig ssd isn't big enough by itself to hold my photo library so i'm gonna have to leave yeah. that on the old hard drive which is like meh the but terabyte still ssd will be quite expensive as well it will uh and i also can't move my entire itunes library over because apple doesn't give you the choice with your downloaded apps on where you want to store them on your computer and I've got way too many. That would fill up almost half the drive itself. Yeah. So I need to start going through my apps and deleting stuff off my computer of, of apps that I don't use anymore. They keep updating all the damn time, but they're not on any device. So I'm going to have to go now, through would and... You, would you be prepared to take your optical drive out of the iMac and replace it with a hard drive? That's and what I'm doing. So, right. So, so you'll have the... So you have the hard drive there as well as the SSD. Yes. But, they are, but only the operating system will be on the SSD. No, I'll put some apps on there too. Yeah. Um, I'm just not sure which ones yet. They're like Photoshop, are, Illustrator, you're not, Firefox. Are you not tempted to... Uh, I, I thought you could basically, when you reinstall the OS X on the machine with that configuration, you could actually make it use that config like a Fusion drive. I, I'm sure you can. I just don't want to go into that much of a depth. No. Right, um, okay. And I've got just a lot of crap on here. I, you know, I'm going to have the guys install a clean OS on it, but it will have two hard drives on here. It'll have the yeah. SSD where the majority of the apps are stored as well as the, as the operating system. And then I'll have the SSD for, or I'm sorry, the conventional hard drive for everything else. Right. So we'll see. Um, I also need to check because I, I believe it's a 7200 RPM drive in there now. But if it's a 5400, I may just have them replace that hard drive and clone my current hard drive over. That would make a big difference as well. But that's what I'm doing. That's my excitement for next week. So we'll be able to talk about cool. that. Uh, but getting back to your experience in a AT&T, Verizon, Sprint, whoever, wherever, what part of the country you're in, in the United States, what part of the world you're in, I'd really like to hear your experiences in going into a cell phone company pretending to be a brand new customer and maybe you are a brand new customer maybe you really are looking to buy something and let us know what your experience is we david and i and and everyone listening to this i think we'd really like to hear that just and, let you know if you do end up buying something you didn't mean to buy um because you're weak then we won't pay for that <laughs> no <laughs> we won't so david with that we're going to wrap up this episode of tech fan really appreciate everyone listening all the way through and uh, when I say everyone, I mean everyone who listened all the way through. Because <laughs> yeah. not everybody does. And uh, we appreciate you guys a lot. If you can go yeah. up to iTunes and uh, rate and review the show, we'd really appreciate it. Just do a search for Tech Fan in iTunes. Um, I don't really care what you write, but uh, it helps us in the rankings. We've, uh, a few times in the past mm, two months, cracked that top of the list. And we've noticed a big cool. spike in new listeners because of that. So if you do that, uh, you'd really help us out. We'd really appreciate it. Anything before we go, David? Uh, no, just say that I will be finally back home after a month next week. Yeah? 
good. I'm looking forward to it. I can imagine. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a long haul, uh, really long. I've, we flew in, flew in here to Mauritius. We landed this morning, so it's. Well, I'm sure the kids are missing you a lot. Yeah, it's it's been hard on the family. Yeah. Well, you do it like once a well, maybe twice a year or so. It's not too bad. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's it, I, traveling is terrible for some people. If you're single, it's not that big of a deal. You get to see the world. But if you're a family like man like David and I, it's not that much fun. We yeah yeah a little bit sure, but we we got married for a reason. We had kids for a reason. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. So I look forward to you getting home and uh, being able to relax and enjoy yourself, David. Sure. Okay. Although I've, I've enjoyed all the different languages I've been hearing in the background, that's kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, it is. I've, I've seen some interesting places this trip, but I'll be glad to get them. Cool. Talk to you soon. All right, take care. Bye.